Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. What do you think about that elongated S, kind of a hissing sound? How do you like that for our open? It sounds good. I like it. I'm okay. a fan. No, fair enough. You know, personally. Just trying some new stuff out. I feel like October is the time to try some stuff out yeah. and yeah. try to be peaking in November for sweeps. Welcome into Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Hard to believe, 25 years in the industry, but yet I look like I'm 12. For real, yeah. Uh, boy, television, radio, St. Gabriel's, and St. Louis University High School. Ryan Wingo will make an announcement at 4 p.m. today. Will this five-star wide receiver be heading 125 miles to the west? Or will he be heading to the southwest to play for Texas? Yeah, we'll find out in six hours. Hell, I don't know. I'll be on pins and needles until it I know you happens. Will. Howard Richards is going to join us coming up at 10.15. Uh, get his perspective on uh, Missouri, Georgia. Or as you call it, Georgia. Thank you. Uh, that's coming up here in a matter of like 10 minutes. Um, and we also have this Little Piddles Angry Beaver. Half and half? Half and half. Yeah. We welcome the uh, listeners of the program to participate in the show. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. And then this YouTube chat. Let me see what's doing in there right now. Droid Effects is in there. Tiny Peepees in there and Austin Avery's in there and they're all seeing my HD2 country shirt and Sharp. I don't know I mean I kind of feel like a like a little badass yeah. walking into an HD1 studio with my HD2 country t-shirt yeah it's kind of like that uh you know, when you're done being a pledge and that first day you can walk into class with your fraternity letters on. Oh, yeah, and all the ladies say, what's doing? Yeah, you feel a little bit bigger than everybody. You walk a couple, a couple inches taller. HD2 country. That's right. Sorry, Randy Carricker. Sorry, Riz. Jackson Iron HD2 and Morning Drive. What are you doing? Yep. Oh, 101 ESPN and 105.7 The Point? Yeah. Yep. How do people even find those stations? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Right. HD2 countries where it's at. That's where we're so good. We're the only ones on it. That's true. Yeah, we've literally forced everyone else out. Yep. It's like oh, I got abandoned ship. You know. Yep. Next step, HD3. Yeah, yeah. That's who wants we, some? That's when we really break ground. Who wants some? Uh, get involved on the program. The YouTube chat uh, is hot right now because Mossy Oak Jedi. <laughs> Says Little Piddles Badass LPL. Maybe that was an LOL? Uh, yeah, probably. There's the P. Yeah, the P is right next to the L. And then Stepdad Gary. It's a great name, though. Every time I look around. Is that Punky Brewster? You ever watch that Punky Brewster? Soleil Moonfry? No, I know that name. 
Yeah. I think she had a really interesting book a couple of years ago about child stardom. And you were watching the blues last night, but then you curled up with your little book about four English ladies in a countryside? Here, I'll, I'll give you a breakdown. I can't believe you watched the first two periods of the Blues and Jets last night, especially with the Lake Show taking on the defending NBA champion Stan Kroenke Denver Nuggets, and then with the Warriors taking on the Suns. And you didn't watch Game 7 of the NLCS. No. And you didn't watch the NBA. You go, you know what? I know. I'll go to Manitoba tonight. (laughs) So here's the breakdown. The Nuggets... And the Lakers game started at 6.30, so I watched TNT's pregame coverage, which is what I really enjoy to watch, mm-hmm. even though their first one's always kind of weak because they have to do it on remote. Uh, so I watched that, got good information there, watched the ring ceremony with the Nuggets, and watched about the first quarter, a little less than the first quarter, and then switched over to the Blues game. Okay. In the intermission, went back to the Nuggets, Nuggets and Lakers, and then watched the second period. And as the second period's ending, they're down... Do nothing, and I was like, "All right, if the Blues don't score by the end of the period, I'm switching over to the Suns and Warriors game for the night." And, and then old Bruce Nevich, and then yeah, Pavel Buchnevich with a really nice deflection. That was nice. Uh, puts in the back of the net, and I was like, "Ah, rats! I gotta keep watching." Uh, so I now well, that right there, the people are probably like, "Oh man, this is so great! Jackson's getting on board." And then you were unhappy that Buchnevich scores. Because now you got it. You quote unquote. I can I can have Ryder play it back for you. You you got to keep watching. Mm. So I really wanted to watch Warrior Suns. I'm really curious how the Suns' offense works. And boy, did they push the rock. But uh, I was like, okay, I can. I'll I'll wait. And then right when they scored in the third period, like 15 minutes left, I was like, all right, I switched over to the Suns Warriors. And then I only watched that till a certain time. And then I then I curled up with my book for way too late. No wonder the Blues lost. Thanks, Jackson. That's from the 618. This this is uh, the home of the Blues, not the NBA, Jerkson. I bet you sit when you pee. Get back to the AM dial. That's from Merle in Oakville. Ha! No, 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 no. Listen, I mean, the Blues had plenty of opportunities to score in the first two periods. Tons of opportunities. They just didn't take advantage. Well, your definition of tons of opportunities and mine are different. Well, when I say that, you're right. The opportunities that were there. The Jets were, goaltender had 18 saves. Right. Let me let me rephrase what I said. And he played the whole game. He didn't get injured like in the middle of the second period. Let me rephrase that. Uh, the opportunities that they had were good opportunities to score, and they did not take advantage of it. Chris Kerber said on the Curbside podcast, I'm a loyal listener, that they had a one and three quarters of Jordan Cairo with a breakaway opportunity. Yeah, boy. Two of those in But a then row. too many one and dones. Yeah. You can't have you can't just go in there, fire a puck, and then okay, well, the Jets will clear that on out. It was a lot more of the Coyotes game than it was the Penguins game. You hear me, Holler, if you hear me. Two yeah. Pac ninety one, second day in a row for that reference. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, and again, hockey novice over here. Oh, I don't think people think that. <laughs> When they are playing bad, they just seem to be playing slower than the other team. Like the other team is just it going. It looks like past the them. other team is always on a power play. Yeah. That's the way you know things aren't going well in general in the game. But this year we're just seeing that a little bit too much. Sustained pressure in the blue zone. The Blues don't have much uh, on the other end of the ice, and so a loss last night. I don't know, man. They looked horrible on Thursday. Great on Saturday. 
horrible on Tuesday. We'll see how it goes on Friday against the Canucks. You can hear it right here on 101 ESPN, or excuse me, the Flames, and then the Canucks on Saturday on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jackson Howard Richards is going to join us coming up at 10.15, as we made reference to Ryan Wingo, five-star recruit, wide receiver out of St. Louis University High School, will be making his decision. Is it going to be Missouri? Is it going to be Texas? Will there be another announcement? Following Ryan Wingo with potentially another recruit, how emotionally invested are you in this? Uh, if we're doing a scale, I'd say yeah. 80%. I'm going to do a 1 to 10 scale if I can. Like, all right, Missouri LSU, and you were still despondent two days later. Not what was your emotional investment there? 10 out of 10. Okay. Emotional investment, Ryan Wingo, 4 o'clock today. 8 out of 10. Missouri Georgia, November 4th, 2.30 p.m. CBS. 1 trillion out of 10. Ah! Literally as much investment as one can have in a sports team they don't play on. Uh, Missouri and Memphis on November 10th with Petty Hardaway in town. Mm, seven to eight out of ten early in the season. One of many games they'll play. I don't know, I don't know how Memphis is looking this year. I have high hopes for Missouri, but with a team like this. Joe Lenordi doesn't have him in his bracketology. He just released it yesterday. Joe Lenordi doesn't have him in his bracketology. I'm very high in the Tigers, but I think that a team like that will benefit from playing together for a couple weeks, and by conference time, they'll be ready to rock. All right, fair enough. Your level of enthusiasm for the Diamondbacks and Rangers World Series? Oh, boy. Three out of ten? Mm. Maybe even less. Mm. I, when the Cardinals aren't in the MLB playoffs, I kind of tune out. Is it fun to see the National League represented by six seeds in back-to-back years of the new playoff format after teams play 162 games and a six-seeded 84-win team gets in? But the Cardinals won 83 games in 2006. They were the Central Division champions! This is a six-seed! They finished two games ahead of the Padres, which was a renowned failure this year. Now they're going to the World Series. Why are we playing 162 games, Jackson? I I think they should play like 100 games, but that would take away a lot of money. And you'd like to see the NBA play 365 games. <laughs> Maybe not that many. They actually probably could also benefit from reducing the schedule a little bit. But they got the in-season tournament now, so that's going to, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Well, it gets underway at a tribute to the Dome downtown St. Louis that is the Globe Life Ballpark. Glo- global Life, I think, maybe. Yeah. it's It looks aesthetically so unpleasing. And the Diamondbacks, they so much Fox's better. So will Fox's Nielsen numbers. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Howard Richards is going to join us on the other side of the break, talking Missouri and Georgia. Uh, was the biggest road game in November for Missouri the last time Howard Richards was on the field? Hell, I don't know. Certainly I don't know the I've answer here. Yeah, certainly since I've been born. I'm telling you. Uh, we'll talk that over. Uh, and the Little Piddles Half and Half, brought to you by Angry Beaver. You're coming your way. Get in the YouTube chat. It's very hot in there right now. Let's see who's in there running things. Zookeeper. Nice. Uh, only if Tim gives handies behind the dumpster. That's from Soup. Hello, Soup. <laughs> I think that's uh, Cardinal starter Jeff Supon. I'd be surprised. He doesn't strike me as... Number 37. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, big game seven against Roger Clemens. Big game seven against ah, Oliver right. Perez. That's Oliver right. Perez. Nice show prep ass. Howard Richards next. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. This is Bloom Party 101 ESPN. It is driven by Munganas Burkhardt Alton Toyota on both 101 and YouTube. The YouTube chat. Very active this morning, Jackson. Good to see the people are fired up today. Coming up at around 1035, the Little Piddles Angry Beaver half and half. But right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the show Missouri analyst and former Tiger Howard Richards. Howard, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Tim? I am wonderful. It's great to hear from you, and I'm really looking forward to getting your perspective on the program's performance so far this season and what is to come, and then also the overall momentum right now for the Missouri Athletic Department. Let's start with the 7-1 and one start to the campaign. Um, what, from your standpoint, has uh, exceeded expectations for this Missouri team? So before I get into that, I, I think our listeners probably don't understand we have a little bit of a history. I think the la- but the last time you and I talked, if I'm not mistaken, was probably ten years ago. Ten years uh, ago. Do you, Do you remember it was right after the SEC championship game? And you remember how bad Missouri's defense played? Uh, we must be talking about the Auburn game then. The Auburn game. <laughs> and I, it's I, like I playing guess password. I, I made, <laughs> <laughs> I made I made some comments which were was nothing negative. I was just describing what I saw defensively from Missouri. I couldn't believe that they were playing so poorly um, and that they just were ineffective with what they were trying to do scheme wise. And I remember you saying that uh, you, you've never heard an analyst, you know, be so candid about. Uh, you know, what he described on the field. I hope he's going to be okay. I hope he's going to be doing the games from this point forward. And look at this. That that either speaks to your credibility or the fact that nobody listens to any show I host. I'm not sure which one it is. (laughs) We'll we'll go with the credibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm telling you, man, 10 years later, for real, Missouri's defensive scheme against Auburn is up there with three of the most confusing things I've witnessed in my time in St. Louis sports. Uh, Mike Martz sitting on the ball against the Carolina Panthers in 2004 in the playoffs. The Cardinals' uh, alignment against the San Francisco Giants in the 2014 NLCS and Missouri's defense against Trey Mason and Auburn in 2013. Those are my three. So I'm so 10 years later, it still holds true. Yeah, it does. It does indeed. But, you know, there's some similarities. Um First of all, Missouri's playing extremely well. Um, Missouri beat Georgia that year in Athens. Mm-hmm. I think it was forty-one twenty-four. Um, beyond everyone's expectations, you know, there's so much talk about. You know, Missouri shouldn't be in the SEC. They can't compete. Blah 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 blah. Then Missouri, in its second year in the conference, they go and win uh, the division, the SEC East, and then do it again the following year. Mm-hmm. And yet people still continue to say thing. And I say, okay, if, if you're going to try to kick Missouri out or say Missouri doesn't belong in this league, there's a bunch of other teams that have never even played in a conference championship that need to go also. Um, so, I, yeah. I, you know, it, it's there are those with opinions that we just need to just not listen to. But anyway, answering your question, I, I think the biggest surprise, and I, I won't say it's a surprise, uh, I, I feel that this team has really matured in just one short year. Uh, I had a chance to speak to the team in at the end of spring ball. 
And the point that I was making is that, you know, you guys just came off of four losses by a, a grand total of 18 points. Uh, and I said, if, you, if you're honest with yourselves, those teams that you lost to didn't beat you. You beat yourselves. I said, going forward, when you get into 2023, when you feel that, that taste in your mouth from those games, you get in those situations in 2023, that script has to be flipped. You have to win those games. You have the talent. You have the ability. You now have to play with more confidence and belief in yourselves. Okay? If you do that, you find yourselves in those situations, you're going to win those games. It's a, it's a mental focus. Mm-hmm. You have a three-month window where you've got to make it happen, blocking out distractions, because when you blink, your college career is going to be over. When you look back, you want to make sure that what you did counted and that you, you laid it on the line. And when you walk away with your head up, you say, I did the best I could. And, oh, by the way, I got something to show for it. Um, so in addition to that, <clears throat> I feel the two things. I think Eli Drinkwitz has – has and is continuing to mature as a head coach. And I feel his decision to hire Kirby Moore mm. um, was was big because it helped the offense evolve. You know, Eli Drinkwitz, known as an offensive mind, and I won't say that what he was doing, you know, was stale or stagnant, but often you need to have a different set of eyes from afar to come in. And, you know, tweak it. And I think that's what Kirby Moore has done. He's brought, you know, his expertise and the things that he's learned uh, from playing in prolific offenses. And uh, I think we're seeing the, the results of that. It is uh, it is a distinct different offensively. I mean, if you would have had this offense with that defense last year, uh, I would imagine those four losses you were talking to the team about would probably have been flipped. The great news exactly. is the defense, which looked like it was struggling through the middle portion of the schedule, certainly wasn't the case against South Dakota or Middle Tennessee, uh, but the middle portion of the schedule through the LSU game looks like ever since that first quarter against Kentucky and carrying through against South Carolina, it has righted the ship to pair with the Missouri offense. In other words, at this moment, Howard, it looks like Missouri can beat you in a variety of ways, and that is usually what the case is for great college football teams. What are your thoughts on that? You know, you said it perfectly. And Missouri's future, when I say future, meaning the future schedule, the remaining eight, uh, excuse me, the remaining four games on the schedule, Mm -hmm. Um, will be determined by what Missouri does, not necessarily by what other teams do. And I firmly believe that. If this team plays free on defense, if they stay disciplined, they really do have the talent to to go toe-to-toe with everyone they play. And and that's not just me saying that. There's other other people around the league that have seen Missouri this year. Matt Stenchcombe. SEC analyst, you know, former uh, uh, player for Georgia, college football Hall of Fame, played in the NFL. We were talking pregame last uh, last week, and he just I looked at me, looked at me, he goes, man, because Mizzou is humming. And you know, when you hear that, you know, it says a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, they were thoroughly impressed. Robert Griffin Jr. the third. Uh, had our game, the prior uh, home game. He said the same thing. He goes, this team can go as far as it wants to. So again, it's there are other people that know the sport, that see the game all the time, that feel the same way. 
it's up to Missouri to determine how well it's going to do by the end of the season. I'm, I'm curious on your historical perspective on this. I was looking it up. Uh, I, I am having a tough time finding a game in, in relatively speaking recent history. So let's just say since 2000, where Missouri has a true road game in November. So taking the Arrowhead game against Kansas out of the equation, since it was a neutral site, where this much was on the line for both Missouri and the team hosting Missouri as what you have on November 4th. Missouri can be mathematically eliminated from the SEC East, but if they win, they control their own destiny the rest of the way to win the SEC East and play for the SEC Championship in Alabama. I don't think we have had a game like that for the Missouri Tigers in a long time. There's that much on the line on November 4th in Athens. No, you're exactly right. And I, I just going back, and, and I don't necessarily, you know, think about, you know, what's on what's been on the line, especially playing on the road in November uh, in past years. But <clears throat> knowing what's at stake this year, it is. I mean, it's a team that does control its own destiny. You, you've got Georgia, you know, you've got Tennessee. Uh, Florida, and then you finish with Arkansas. You know, you run the table. You will be playing in Atlanta against whoever the the eventual winner is of, of the SEC West. You know, LSU plays Alabama uh, this week. That could be an interesting matchup. You could see Missouri and LSU again yeah. in the championship. Yeah. Uh, anything's possible. And, and I'm sure Missouri would love to have a few plays back in that LSU game. You know, I think they do. Uh, I'm just talking to some of the players there are things that they would probably do differently, uh, playing more freely, uh, I think, but also, you know, just, just looking at the game from a different perspective. You know, they, there were some plays on defense that they felt that they, uh, they left behind. But, you know, that's, you know that, that's the game of football. You know, someone's going to win and someone's not going to win. Yeah, you know, for me, watching as intensely as I do, in 2007, strangely, I started to buy into how good that team was. Not, for example, when they opened up the season against Illinois at the Dome, but actually when they played very closely with Oklahoma in Norman, I thought, man... This team's legit. You can't have that record and play against the Sooners and Norman like that and just be kind of a fly-by-night 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five team. And I expected them to play with LSU, but I kind of feel like just what you said, Howard, that they left a couple out there. I'm sure LSU would have felt the same way had they lost it. It was that close. Point being, at that point, I think many around the country might have gone, man, Missouri might be for real. They're not a blue blood brand, but this team may be for real. Let's see what they do the next couple of weeks against Kentucky and South Carolina. Carolina, and sure enough, they took care of business in resounding fashion, really, with the final three quarters in Lexington in the first half against Columbia. Uh, how do you compare this team with the 07 team, with the 13 team? I didn't see the um, the 07 team uh, hardly at all because I was um, uh, living elsewhere <laughs> and uh, didn't really get a chance to see much of it. I was following it you know, through uh, news outlets. Um, but but certainly, you know, pound for pound, player for player, I'm not sure. A lot of people say that the 07 team is, is better talent-wise, and that may be the case. Uh, but I think in individually, this team has players in particular areas that I think um, 
you know, collectively, they, they are playing as well as that 2017 mm-hmm. uh, can and will. You know, as the game has evolved, uh, you know, players have, have evolved also. You know, the way they train is different. Uh, you know, diets and all those things really matter. Uh, and, and so it's, it's really hard and even often unfair to yeah, make those yeah. types of comparisons. Um, we'll just both say that both teams were pretty good. And this team has a chance to do something special, much like the 2017. Yeah, and the thing about that is, and it's it's kind of, like I said, I feel like in a way there's almost this college football prejudice along with narratives that kind of fit Alabama in and will fit Georgia in and will fit, take your pick of whatever other blue blood from other conferences, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, USC, if they're having a good year, and then get them into the big bowls of the college football playoff. In 2007, Missouri played as, just as surprising as everybody else was with Missouri, a, a, a Kansas team that was number two at the time. And people go, well, how good is Missouri if they're beating Kansas to become number one? It's a different ball game when you'd be going up against a team that has a 24-game winning streak that is a blue blood on their home turf between the hedges in November and going down there and beating them. But you need those kinds of wins against those teams on the road to establish yourself and start to break the perception. So if that were to happen on November 4th and Missouri would shock the college football world, maybe not shock Missouri fans, uh, but shock the college football world, what would Missouri have to do to to beat what most likely will be the undefeated and number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs? You know, I'd say not get away from your identity. Uh, Don't try to change you know, what you've been doing routine-wise. You take what you've been doing that's been successful and you make it better. That's what you have to do. You don't get away from, um, you know, where you've excelled and then try to change up thinking that you're going to fool your opponent. That doesn't work. Um, I played on a team at Mizzou in 79 um, against Oklahoma at home at Fro. And defensively, much like what Missouri did in the uh, SEC championship game in 2013. They tried to change uh, what they normally did as far as game plan to thinking that they were going to outsmart um, Oklahoma in in 79 and Auburn in 2013. Well, if you're you're thinking on a football field, you've already been defeated. Mm. You know, it's about reaction. You react to what you see on a regular basis. You've studied these things. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference between, you know, one player or the next. Some just do things a little bit better, and they do it more consistently. That's what you're – those are the tendencies that you're looking for and how to attack them. But suddenly when you're changing scheme and you're in different gaps and you're attacking – someone else and now you're in coverage when you're normally not in coverage that doesn't bode well uh, in most cases so i think missouri has to do it you know you look at the teams that have been the most successful against a team like georgia what have they done best where have they forced georgia to that's what you look at and you incorporate everyone does the same thing you have to incorporate those things and really i say just drill those things throughout the week until they become second nature. Now, every team will do something a little bit differently, especially at the outset, to try to get an advantage. But ultimately, they settle back into what they do routinely. Um, and, and if you're prepared for that, it's now about going four quarters with that guy across from you 
and beating him more than you you uh, allowed him to beat you. Yeah, that uh, that would be one incredible moment should they be able to knock off Georgia in Athens. Final thought for you: You've been around the program playing offensive tackle for those teams that you made reference to in the in the '70s and 1980s, uh, playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Now getting a chance to be on the call of Missouri football alongside Mike Kelly. Um, I, I feel like at this moment, the positivity surrounding both basketball and football and the athletic department as a whole with Desiree Reed Francois. Uh, it is some of the highest approval rating I've sensed for Missouri in a long time. Um, what is your uh, read on the climate surrounding the athletic department at this particular moment? I think there's so much positivity uh, with DRF's hiring with Dennis Gates, of course, and you know, looking at how basketball under Gates' first season, uh, the turnaround, what she has done with the student sections, you know, getting them to show up in full force for every home game in basketball. And they did, they're doing it for football this year. The student sections are, have been amazing. You know, we've had three straight sellouts at front row. Um, and I give a lot of credit uh, to Desiree. Uh, because she 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 meets the students where they are, uh, and I think her coaching staff is starting to do the same thing. You know, they're sort of humanizing who these people are. Uh, players are mingling more in the student population, so I think the students kind of feel, you know, that they're just as much a part of these programs. Um, yeah, as the players are in some ways. Uh, she's done things to really try to improve the the fan experience, especially at Faroe. Basketball was was rocking last year. It was amazing to be uh, at Mizzou Arena. Uh, And now she's trying to do it with football. But across the board, in a number of areas, to to try to make, you know, watching uh, the Missouri Tigers a great experience, regardless of the sport. So if I've said this all along, if if she gets the, the support that she needs and deserves, Missouri will be well situated for a long time to come, but she's she's figured out the pulse and knows how to get the people in. Of course, you've got to have winning programs, um, but at least while you're there observing and being a part of it all, you're enjoying you know the experience uh, in addition to what you're watching on the field or on the court or in the pool. A lot of positive momentum right now. We'll see if it can carry on through this afternoon and through next Saturday in Athens. Howard Richards will be on the call with Mike Kelly. Howard, it is a pleasure to talk it over with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to join us, and I look forward to talking again with you. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you again. Great to talk with you, man. That's Howard Richards with us here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you on the program. Second half of the show coming up with the Angry Beaver Little Piddles half and half. You can watch on YouTube and talk it over and you can listen on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan Asperkart, Alton Toyota. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson, I think I'm on the record as a grape ape auto detailing lemming. Yes. Correct? Yes. Yes, you are. So when we get support from the grape ape auto detailing, it it just means more. It does. Just like, like the, the SEC. SEC. Jinx Coke rails. Huh. And he said regarding our Howard Richards conversation, which you can go back and podcast via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast. That dude was great. Yeah. Howard's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Given well, some perspective. Yeah. I like the term you use, matured. It looks like they've, because that's a great way of describing it. It does look like they've matured. That's why there's that. value in having returning starters. Missouri had lots of returning starters, hence our over bets on the win total of six and a half, which we have already cashed. And now we are going to Sizzler. Jackson, do you have this angry beaver, little piddles, half and half at your disposal? For sure. Nice. The Diamondbacks are heading to the World Series after a 22-year respite. How does a team like Arizona, 100-loss team two years ago, and an only an 84-win team this year, able to capture so much magic in the playoffs? Are they a direct beneficiary of the new MLB playoff format, both yes. from an entry standpoint and being allowed to play every day? Do you think their underdog story in the current format could change teams' mindset about how they construct a roster? So many questions, and while I'm incredibly intelligent, it's tough to try to answer them all astutely. When it's just a, an incredible volume of questions. Barrage. Can. It was a barrage. It was. Uh, it's like what Connor Hollebuck uh, <laughs> faced last night with having to make 18 saves. Jackson, can you go one by one? And then we'll, we'll just itemize these. Sure, sure. How is a team like Arizona, again, 100 loss team two years ago, 84 win team this year, able to capture so much magic in the playoffs? Uh, I think last night and perhaps throughout the postseason, it's bullpen. Mm. They uh, shut the Phillies down in the late innings. There was that 2000, was it 15 Royals? Yep. And they would shorten the game to six innings. Yeah, right. Greg Holland was in there. Herrera, I feel like. Yep, yep. And who was the third? Darnell Coles? I think Coles, yeah. He returned. Like, he uh, like is a, a position player and analyst. Box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but either way, that's what they would do. I don't think that was necessarily the plan for Tori Lovello and the Diamondbacks, but uh, Kevin Ginkel getting out of Trey Turner and Bryce Harper in the seventh and then striking out the side in the eighth. How do you do? How do you do? Um, but either way, um, they're an 84-win team. That wasn't necessarily charging at the end of the year. The Cardinals were an 83-win team in 2006 that was not necessarily charging at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. but they won the Central. And uh, that is why, for me personally, and I realize my opinion may be in the minority, and that's fine, I welcome your hatred, Mm. but I stand by my opinion despite it. Right that Major League Baseball's playoff format is a mess in particular because you play 162 games and now the team with the sixth best record in the National League for the second straight year since this format started two years ago will represent the National League in the World Series. Yeah. So that, not because it's the Diamondbacks and they might not necessarily have household names like you know Bryce Harper, for right. example, but because what are we doing for the the all of the nights through the end of March to the beginning of October. What's the point? Right. And I hear you on that. Uh, and Do you agree I, with me? Feel free to disagree. I want you to disagree. No, I know. Um, I, I like a little devil's advocate. 
I think what frustrates me, I'm not necessarily against having more teams in there. I just think that's the natural progression of things. What frustrates me a little bit is how quickly these, like, why not just have more games? Like the Those World Series would be on Christmas, bruh. Then I, I, I truly don't, like, if you were to reduce the regular season, I understand that that's already going to be tough, but then add playoffs, are you really going to lose that much money if you're adding more playoff games? I feel you like have to, you have to multiply how many games go away then, though. Right. I mean, that, that really counts. Yeah, because there's way more regular season games that and you're taking away. And there's way the more teams who wouldn't be in the playoffs. Right, and I don't have the numbers in front Listen, of me. Listen, the problem that I continue to present does not have a solution because businesses are not apt to go, let us make a decision in which we will decrease our profit margins. Right. That sounds wonderful. We would like to give you a bonus for coming up with the idea to reduce our return on investment. Thank you. It's not the way it works. I wish it did. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't, Jackson, unfortunately, and so therefore they're not going to go along with it, but it just from a value of the regular season of Major League Baseball, like imagine, if you would, mm-hmm. that that was the top, the top two teams in Major League Baseball last night going heads up in a Game 7 with all of that on. Instead, it's the, the Diamondbacks, and they probably already feel kind of like Missouri in a way. I'm sure some Missouri fans feel like, yeah. If we beat the Georgia Bulldogs, nobody thought it would happen. Hell, we didn't even think this was possible, so we're free-rolling. The Phillies, meanwhile, had major expectations because they expected to be there, albeit they didn't win their division back-to-back years, and are gutted because they were two wins away from a World Series last year. Now they're one win away from a a pennant this year. And they know Aaron Knoll is a free agent. Uh, Reese Hoskins is a free agent. Um... And that might be the beginning of the end for that team. And Bryce Harper still hasn't been able to win a World Series in Philadelphia. And he felt like he had the opportunity to do it. Said he missed the barrel on that ball from Ginkle in the seventh inning by a tenth of a second. And otherwise, he has a three-run home run, another signature postseason moment, just like he did against the Padres. But alas, I just I can't, after 162 games, the sixth best team is going to represent the National League for the second straight year since this new format. I just I don't I just don't. Like it. I can't get over that. It's nothing against the Diamondbacks. It was nothing against the Phillies last year. I just think you're diminishing the meaning of the regular season, and that bothers me. That's all. I know. I'm sorry. I know it's not popular. I'm not popular. You think I was popular in high school? You think I was popular? Yeah, probably. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Surprisingly so. Hmm. Oh, let's hang out with the, the kid who's bussing tables at Pietro's who got cut from football and basketball and baseball. He's the one all the Villa and Viz girls want to hang out with. Sure, he's Tam Avenue and he's bussing tables, but that's what they want. That's what their parents want. Go out with the South City kid is what they said. Uh, meat and potatoes guy. Proletariat. Indeed, indeed. No, those things are all fictitious is what I'd tell you. So I'm used to not having popular takes or being popular. But my responsibility to this audience is to be honest. Mm. Mm. Nice. Thank you. Look at that. Chris Russo said he was going to retire if the Diamondbacks were to come back and win the series. Guess what? He has changed his mind. We will tell you what he's going to do instead on the other side of the break as Mad Dog will not be retiring. As I look up on ESPN, he's not retiring. He's arguing with Stephen A. Smith over the Orlando Magic's 36 and a half over under win total for the year. What in the hell is going on up there? I guess if Pilo can stay, uh, Pilo can stay healthy, Jalen Suggs pretty solid. It's too young. Major League Baseball has to go. We just had two game sevens, and they're up there on ESPN talking about the Orlando Magic's win total for the upcoming season. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN on YouTube. We're right back. 
back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 1056. I just. I try. Mm-hmm. It's not for lack of effort. No. I can tell you that firsthand. I just. I, the, the clock. She's no friend of mine. Jackson, we have four minutes left. Maximize this time with your best remaining question on this little piddles angry beaver half and half. Mm, I'm going to do a fun one. I want to do a fun one. Oh, I think they're all fun. Well, uh, just some Wednesday fun right here, Tim. Nice. It was very local news anchor yeah. laughter as we let's take a look at the five day. Is it October or is it July? Well, that'll juxtapose my nice. question. Mm. What are the, as we talk, we got, you know, ESPN talk shows in the back. Orlando Magic win total debate. What are the Mount Rushmore of hackneyed sports radio topics slash questions? Oh, Mount Rushmore. Uh, I don't know if this would be hackneyed, but I can tie it into my tease where you promise you'll do something and then you don't. Right, back (laughs) off of it. And Chris Mad Dog Russo promised that he would resign, retire, retire, not resign, retire if the Diamondbacks were to win game six and seven in Philadelphia. Uh, he is not going to do that, he no. has announced this morning. No. Uh, instead, he appeared on the Howard Stern Show and said he is going to walk around New York City, a lot of Diamondbacks fans, right, right, uh, in a Diamondbacks bikini with a sign that he holds up that says, I'm a douche. <laughs> so that is what he's going to do instead of retiring. And then an hour and a half after announcing that, as mentioned, he was discussing the Orlando Magic win total over under of 36 and a half with Stephen A. Smith. And let's be honest, that's the topic that has really captured this nation's attention. Certainly mine. Yeah, um, yeah that's right up there. It's, well, it's the dynamic of if I say something and I'm right, I'll never stop mentioning it. If I say something and I'm wrong, it's like it never happened. That's nice. That's kind of the playbook. If the University of Missouri taught Sports Talk Radio, that would probably be in like the second month of the semester. Yeah, along with like two to three games into the season asking if the coach is on the hot seat. Uh, we got a few of those when we had JR on TMA this morning regarding Baruby. Uh And then, uh, like, is this game a must win when it's like a <laughs> like a May third nice play? I got to tell you, series against you're the learning Wars. the industry at a young age. Yeah. You're going to be very dangerous. <laughs> is this that's one of my favorites? Is this a must win game? You always have to attack the other hosts. Yeah, you're the only tell it like it is guy. That's that's a move. Right, right, exactly. That that's the key right there. You know, everyone else will tell you one thing, right. but I'm here to tell you another. Absolutely trying to think of the other ones well it's a great industry and i'm glad i decided on this major at 18 years old i am too because otherwise i wouldn't get a chance to work with you oh my gosh right there at the end yeah nice little way to end the show it is what a wonder now russo is take is he wearing the bikini now uh, he's, he's taking off he's his getting shirt undressed. molly Querum just ran up to him. i'm doing play-by-play of first take that's why i chose a bad major <laughs> he's taking off his shirt Stephen a smith even for 12 million is wondering if it's worth it yeah, I can't can't disagree with him. <laughs> well, either way, I got to make a prediction and then not deliver on my retirement. Yeah, but what a treat it would be for the balloon party audience if I did say. Yeah, right. Fairly well. Uh, BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN, and our wonderful friends on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.